Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to say a short personal prayer before getting started. Heavenly Yahweh, Yahweh, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. I just pray that this day you send your rock off the dash my way. Even at this very moment, send him within me to abide as I strive to lead and guide your flock into the green pastures of your word. Cause him to bring to memory all the things I've heard during my study time with you and to filter my lips that nothing escapes from itself that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to feed freely. Not that they might be impressed with me, but that they may be blessed by thee. I only pray that you utilize me to illuminate the darkness with your words, light that it displaces any frightened and strengthen their hands that they might fight to enter into thine kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright. Again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you, the one in whom all glory and honor is due. Yahuwah, my Ellen King, I pray that you accept for me this day my offering. In Yahushua's name, amen. Amen. All right. So we are going to continue on in our study of the book of Enoch. You know, so... jump right in uh, we left off uh well as always we're seeking to align the book of enoch up with our canon because a lot of people you know tend to think that the book of enoch is taboo or that you know many other as they think of concerning many other apocryphal writings and some of the uh other other scriptural writings that not that's not in our current canon you know and that's why we you know we study these things you know because now we know from the dead sea scrolls we know that they truly were a part of the library of the priests you know so now that we know that you know we shouldn't be afraid to look into these things at least and these other these other uh these other books you know will can help us to understand our canon even better you know and so you know that's what we're looking for we're looking for further clarification you know further enlightenment i mean you know so let's jump uh, into this we're going to start off with uh enoch 21. So we're going to be going through Enoch 21 today. Let me have my first reader read Enoch 21 verses 1 through 3, please. And I proceeded to where things were chaotic, and I saw there's something horrible. Also, neither in heaven above nor no in firmly founded earth, but a place chaotic and horrible. And there I saw seven stars of heaven bound together in it. Like great mountains and burning with fire. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is Enoch. You know, um, now he's having he's uh, having this vision or or mm -hmm. where or whereby uh, this spiritual experience where this angel have taken him into the spiritual realm and he's showing them a number of different things and in, in places. And so this is yet another place you know, on his spiritual tour, if you would, you know, and so he says he proceeded to where things were chaotic, you know, and there he saw something horrible. And so, uh, 
Let me see if I can try to get the whole thing on the screen. Yeah, so you say he's seen something horrible, you know, uh, a place with neither heaven above nor a firmly founded earth, but a place chaotic and horrible. Okay, must have been pretty bad. You know, and he says, there he saw seven stars of heaven bound together in it like great mountains and burning with fire. Now, just so happens, our canon speaks of seven stars, and it speaks of them um, as being a mystery, you know, as to these stars. You know, uh, we find this in Revelation 120. It says, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand. And the seven golden um, candlesticks, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest are the seven churches. So hereby we learn from yet another revelation um, given to another saint in the seeing in the spiritual realm, you know, what these stars represent, even angels. Amen. So, you know, from, from this we learned that spiritually speaking stars can speak to angels you know so now we also learned from enoch that they can also speak to mountains you know because he said i saw seven stars bound together in it like great mountains and so we see that these stars or angels are also likened, can be likened to mountains, you know, and scripturally speaking, mountains can also speak to kingdoms or nations, such as we, such as we see in Yahoo 51, verses 24 and 25, it says, and I will render unto Babylon and to all the inhabitants of Chaldea all their evil that they have done in Zion in your sight, saith Yahuwah. Behold, I am against, against the old destroying mountains say of Yahuwah, which destroys all the earth, and I will stretch out mine hand upon thee and roll thee down from the rocks, and I will make thee a burnt mountain, or this could also be translated a burning mountain. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. Now, I want you to, you know, I want, want you to uh, think back you know, to the earlier parts of Enoch, which um, I know we took a break in, you know, some of you may not remember, but in the earlier parts of, of Enoch, you know, this wording was uh, was also in the earlier parts of Enoch where it spoke about someone who, who was destroying the earth and that Yah was coming up against them and was going to roll them down or throw them down from the rocks, you know, Anybody remember who that individual was? Azazel, absolutely. It was Azazel, you know, who was um, who was also uh, um, attributed all the sins of the earth. You know, you know. So this reads very much like that part of Enoch. You know, um, Yahuwah saying. You know, speaking to to that destroying mountain, and now we see that you know that these stars are likened unto mountains as well. You know, and you know Babylon is being spoken as a mountain, and you know, and uh, 
is likened unto a kingdom, you know, or a nation, we see this, you know, now this helps us to understand, you know, even what's in the canon. So now when he says, oh, destroying mountain, we know he's speaking to an angel. Amen. You know, and he's talking about making him a burning mountain, you know, and so we'll get into that in a minute. We have another example of how mountain speaks to nations or kingdoms found in Daniel chapter two. Um, let me have my next reader read Daniel 2, 34 and 35, and then uh, jump down to verses 44 and 45 of Daniel 2. Daniel 2, 34 and 35, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon its feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver and the gold broken to pieces together and became like chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Okay, hold, hold on right there for a second. Okay, let me give you a little backdrop to the story. Um, we just kind of jumped into the middle. You know, this is a dream that Daniel had. And so, um, you know, he's getting it in the interpretation of the dream now, you know. And so this is what he's talking about. Uh, thou sawest till that stone was cut out uh, with hands. So he's interpreting the dream, you know, and the uh, the great mountain is uh, what that was is revealed in the interpretation of the dream. So this was a part of the dream, verse 34 and 35 was part of the dream and the interpretation is in the latter verses, you know, um, and the part that we're looking at is speaking to verses 44 and 45, okay. Daniel 2.44, and in the days of these kings shall the Elohim of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other peoples, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel 2.45, for as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great Elohim hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Okay, so, you know, uh, the, the king's dream. So we have the king's dream being, being given, you know, a part of it in verses 34 and 35, which spoke about a stone that was cut with our hands. And that stone, you know, would later smoke the image and became a great mountain. And then in, in the interpretation of the dream in verses 44 and 45, we found out that that great mountain actually spoke to a kingdom. And, you know, and now knowing latter scripture, we know that that kingdom spoke, speaks to the kingdom of Elohim. Amen. You know, and so again, showing that mountains speaks to kingdoms or nations, you know, uh, scripturally speaking. So we call that Enoch started off, you know, in the very beginning, he started off by saying he wasn't writing for his generation, but for those of the last days. Now, here it is. You have one of the, um, the earliest of prophets, if not the earliest of prophets, you know, the seven from Adam writing for our time how how wild is that you know and when you add that to you know they tried to do away with the book altogether 
said it was spurious, said that it, you know, it wasn't um, around in the early days, that it was written post-Christianity, you know, and now the Dead Sea Scrolls done, done revealed that all that was a lie and that they did in fact have it, you know, and they thought very highly of it, which can be uh, easily uh, uh, appertained due to how many copies that they had, you know, so, you know, so that's easily ascertained, you know, that they held it in great value, you know, so I say that because, you know, I want us to take a, take a little time out and process this a bit. You know, Enoch saw a place that was chaotic and horrible where seven stars were bombed. And we learned that stars can speak to angels. So therefore we have seven angels that are bound in this horrible chaotic place. Then we're told that these seven angels were likened to seven mountains burning. And we learned that mountains can symbolize kingdoms or, or nations and burning can speak to uh lust of the flesh you know such as we see in galatians 5 19 and 20 says now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions heresies etc you know also um first corinthians 7 8 and 9 verses 8 and 9 says i say therefore to the unmarried and widows it is good for them if they abide even as i but if they cannot contain let them marry for it's better to marry than to burn you know against you know showing that these these lust you know will cause your your flesh to burn for them to long for them to desire them you know so we see that you know, uh, the, the desires of the flesh is the same as the lust of the flesh and the stronger the lust of the desires are, that is what's symbolizing the burning. You know, so that said, we see a picture emerge of seven angels who control or influence seven wicked kingdoms or nations. You know, and these kingdoms or nations, they're burning with lust. And so they're doing the works of the flesh and they're burning to continue to do so. You know, some people, they get into wickedness and they like it and they want more and more and more. You know, so we, we're seeing a picture, you know, emerge of these seven angels controlling or influencing seven wicked kingdoms. You know, Enoch 21 verses four through six, my next reader, please. Then I said, for what sin are they bound, and on what account have they been cast into them? Then said Uriel, one of the holy angels, who was with me and was chief over them, and said, Enoch, why doest thou ask, and why art thou eager for the truth? These are of the number of the stars of heaven which have transgressed the commandment of the uh, of the Adonai and are bound here till 10,000 years. The time he tells he by their sins are consummated. Okay, so uh, verse 4 says, for what sin are they bound? Enoch is asking, and on what account have they done? You know, and, and the angel is like, why are you why are you asking all this? Why 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 you want to know? 
you know, uh, he, he says, these are the number of the stars of heaven. So these are the angels of heaven, you know, which have transgressed the commandment of the Adonai. Now, when we think back to the earlier parts of Enoch, we were told that some of the angels of heaven had transgressed the commandment of Adonai by coming down to the earth and getting with women and their offspring were giants. Amen. You know, which we read about in Genesis 6. You know, so we see, we actually see these things represented even in our own canon. You know, now recall that Enoch 10 also spoke about these stars and gave us a length of time which they'd be bound, but it turned the time differently. In Enoch 10, 11, and 12, it says that, and the Adonai said unto Michael, go bind Senyaza and his associates who have united themselves with women so to have defiled themselves with them in all their uncleanness, uh, in all their uncleanness. And when their sons have slain one another, they have seen, and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, bind them fast for 70 generations in the valleys of the earth <coughs> till the day of their judgment and of their consummation till the judgment that is forever and ever is consummated. Mm. All right. You know, so we see here is talking about you know, for 70 generations, you know, you know, but there's a difference. Always remember that Enoch is speaking from a parabolic standpoint. Therefore, both of these time periods can actually be correct, especially if they're speaking of different times or different periods. You know, uh, consider Enoch 10, 13, it says, in those days, they shall be led to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. Now, this isn't the place that Enoch seen them in. You know, because he, he didn't describe it as an abyss of fire, did he? You know, it was a place that had no heaven, nor did it have any uh, farm ground. You know, it was a horrible and chaotic place, you know, um, true enough, but, uh, it didn't say anything about an abyss of fire. So hereby we learn that they won't remain in the valleys of the earth forever, but that they'll later be transferred, i.e. after 70 generations over to the abyss or the depths of fire. That is the lake of fire. Our canon speaks of this exact thing happening as well. In Revelation 17, 8, we read, the beast which thou sawest was and is not shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, the valleys. This, the bottomless pit, pit is synonymous with the valley that we read about in Enoch. And go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Now the beast, i.e. the seven angels, was in the time before the flood and is not right now because they're currently imprisoned in the abyss but shall ascend and this is what revelation is revealing amen, amen. so enoch 10 taught that these angels were bound for 70 generations and revelation 17 8 teaches us that afterwards they shall ascend upon the earth again you know, now again, Enoch 10, 13 says, in those days, they shall be led to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. 
Hereby, we also learn that ultimately the beast will be led to the abyss or depths of fire, the lake of fire. That is um, what our scriptures refer to as lake of fire. But in the meantime and in between time, the beast will be doing the same as it did the first go round. You know, and so what did it do the first go round? Well, let's go back to Enoch 19, 1 and 2, because it speaks to it. It says, and Uriel said to me, here shall stand the angels who have connected themselves with women and their spirits assuming many different forms. They're shapeshifters. They can assume different forms. Can you see that? And their spirits assuming many different forms are defiling mankind and shall lead them astray into sacrificing demons as gods. This is what happened before the flood. And this is what's going to happen after the flood. How do we know this? Because Yahshua, our Messiah said in the end times, before he come back, he said, it will be as in the days of Noah. Amen. So we know how it was is how it's going to be. You know, so he says, you know, here shall they stand till the day of the great judgment in which they shall be judged till they are made an end of. And the women also of the angels who went astray shall become sirens. Now, a siren is a type of spirit. You know, it's a type of female spirit, you know, um, which is uh, very lascivious and, 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 uh, tend to be a seductress. You know, so hereby we learned that the seven stars or seven angels or seven mountains or kingdoms, that is what the revelation term as the beast misled humanity or will mislead humanity into sacrificing demons in, in times past. That's what happened in times past. And per revelations, it's, um, it's clear that they will do so again. Now, let's go to Revelation and see what Revelation has to say about this very same thing. You know, now, uh, we just seen what Enoch said happened, and we're going to see if Yahshua was, in fact, you know, speaking the truth when he said it's going to be as in the days of Noah, because now we know what happened in the days of Noah. We have a clearer picture that we obtained from the book of Enoch. Amen? You know, so... Revelations 13, 4 through 6, you know, and Revelations 13, 11 through 13. My next reader, please. Um, Rev 13 and 4, and they worshiped the dragon which gave power onto the beast and they worship and they worship the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him read okay. 13.5 and there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and power was given unto him to continue for thee and two months, 40 and two months. Rev 13, 6. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against Elohim to blaspheme his name and his turbulent and then that dwell in heaven. 
1311. And I have beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he speaks as a dragon. Rev 1312. And he exercised him all the power of the first beast before him, and cost cost of and earth, and them which dwell therein to therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. Rev 1313. And he doeth great wonders, so that he May a fire come down and from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see in, in uh, Revelation 13, 4, it speaks of a dragon which gives power unto the beast. And it speaks of them, of the people during that day worshiping the beast. You know, and so this beast will be one of those demons. Amen? Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be one of those demons or, or fallen angels, you know, and uh, and it says, and power was given unto him 40 and two months. You know, that's three and a half years. Mm -hmm. Say that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to just uh, give you heads up on something. When scripture is speaking about Yah and his people, it refers to their time as days and years. Mm. But when it's referencing the wicked, mm. it refers to them in months. Mm. Why? Can someone tell me why? Yes, ma'am. Because their days are numbered. Yes, but not exactly what I'm looking for. Just a specific, it's more of a specificity. It is very specific, you know, but there's a reason why. Light versus dark. Exactly. Light versus dark. Because those who follow after the most high, the one in whom is light and in him is no darkness, the one who follows behind, behind Yahshua, who says he is the light of the world, are the children of the day or the children of the light. Amen? Mm -hmm. This is a very important concept mm -hmm. that extends throughout scripture. Do not forget it. Mm -hmm. There is a deep contrast. Can't get any deeper than light versus dark. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the darkest dark and the brightest light, you know, you're not going to get a, a, a stronger contrast than that. Amen? You know, but this is why scripture does that. When it speaks about Yah's people, it speaks about them in years and days because they were uh, they were attributed to the light, you know, because the sun ruled over the day. You know, it ruled over the day and the years, you know, as we're told in Genesis, I believe that's 114. You know, and the moon and the stars ruled over the night. And so this is why when it speaks about those who are in darkness, it speaks of them concerning months. But when it speaks of those who are in light, it speaks to them concerning days and years. All right? You know, and so 
it says in verse six, it said he opened his mouth to blasphemy, um, to blasphemy, uh, in blasphemy against Elohim. The blasphemy in his name is tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. So we see that this character is going to come up, this demon, this fallen angel, um, whatever he's going to be, he's, uh, you know, he's going to come up and it's going to be a number of them. It's going to be seven of them, you know, and they are going to blasphemy against Elohim. They're going to blaspheme. His name is tabernacle and us. We're the part when it talks about his tabernacle and them that dwell, um, that dwell in heaven. You know, where is tavern? We're supposed to be his tabernacle anyway, here on earth, right? The oh, place yeah. where he's dwelling, right? The temporary dwelling place of Elohim. That's what a tabernacle is. It's a temporary dwelling place. We're supposed to be that temporary dwelling place while we're temporarily here in the flesh. Our flesh is supposed to be the supposed to house the spirit of Elohim. Amen. You know, so we're supposed to be his tabernacle. You know, uh, and so th this is actually prophesying persecution towards us, mm. you know, and in verse 11 of the same chapter, he says, you know, he saw another beast coming out of the earth. You know, a lot of people don't even realize it's, it's, it's two beasts, mm. you know, one of them come out of the water, the other one come out, out of the earth, you know, and in verse 12, it says, and he causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound is healed. Can you see that it's again, it's about worship. He's making them worship. He's making the people worship this beast. Amen. It continues on in verses 14 and 15. It says, and deceive of them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. You know, now... Remember what Enoch said, said that they were going to do the same thing, um, the same thing that they what you know, Yahshua said the same thing that was going on in the time of Noah is going to be the same thing that goes on in the past. And in the um, time of Noah, we understand from the book of Enoch what they were doing. And the book of Enoch told us that they was causing people to um, worship demons mm. and idols. Well, is that not what we're talking about? A, a, a demon beast and they're going to make an image which is an idol and make people worship it revelations 9 20 and 21 and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands that they should not worship devils hello idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Now get this one. Neither repented they of their murderers, and really pay close attention to this one, nor of their pharmakia, which is the same place we get pharmacy, pharmacist, and pharmaceutical. Say lie. Nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. 
Now, remember Enoch 19, 2 said, and the women also of the angels who went astray shall become sirens. You know, and this is found within our canon as well. In 1 uh, Timothy 4, 1, it says, now the Ruach speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And so you see, these seducing spirits are the very same sirens that Enoch 19.2 speak of. You know, they're spiritual female spirits that seduce y'all's people into committing spiritual adultery and spiritual fornication. You know, uh, and our canon speaks of the mother of them all, the whore of Babylon, mother of harlots. She rides upon the beast, having her cup of abominations, whereby she make herself drunk with the blood of the martyrs and those who have a testimony of Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen? You know, so I pray that you can see that what Enoch is saying is all contained within our canon. There's nothing taboo here. In fact, it helps us to better understand what we already have. Let me have my, uh, well, I read Enoch 21.7. And from this, I went to another place, which was still more horrible than the former. Hmm. And I saw a horrible thing, a great fire there which burnt and blazed, and the place was cleft as far as the abyss, being full of great descending columns of fire. Neither is its extent or magnitude could I see, nor could I conjecture. You know, and this is what Enoch was um, saying in 1013. In those days, they shall be led to the abyss of fire. This is that other place. But he said, it's another place, which was even more horrible than the former one. You know, and so he says, you know, in those days, they shall be led to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. So you see there's there was two two times in which they, they would be in prison. The first time was during the time um, the days of Enoch, during back in back in those days. You know, that's when they were put in the valleys, you know, but they're going to be released after 70 generations. They'll be released from those valleys, from that bottomless pit, and they will come once again upon the earth and wreak havoc. When that period is over, you know, which uh, Revelations tells us will be for 42 months. When that period is over, they'll be led into the abyss of fire or the depths of fire, or as uh, our canon put it, the lake of fire. Let me have my next reader read Enoch 21, 8 through 10, please. Then I said, then I said, how faithful is this fearful 
is this place and how terrible to look upon it. Then Uriel answered me, one of the holy angels who was with me and said to me, Enoch, why haste hast thou such fear and afraid? I answered, because of this beautiful place and because of that the spectacle of the pain. And he said, unto this place is poison for the prison for the angels and he will be here will be they will be in prison forever. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have verses eight through um ten, you know, uh you know, Enoch said, man, how fearful is this place and, and, and how terrible even to look upon, you know, and he said, why are you so afraid? He said, man, how's it this fearful place <laughs> and the spectacle of the pain? <laughs> yeah, that's something to be afraid about, you know, and so Uriel tells him, you know, this place is the prison of the angels and here they will be in prison forever. You know, so this will be the, their second prison that they'll go to, but it'll be the last prison that they'll go to. They're never going to leave this place. Mm -hmm. You know, and believe it or not, our canon speaks to this as well. Mm -hmm. Revelations 19, 20, and the beast was taken and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, uh, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image, these both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Can you see that? You know, um, let's see. Yeah, I guess we'll stop here. Hallelujah. I was going to do uh, 22, but we're away. All right, so that's all I have for you today. Prayers and blessings. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>